Today's episode of the For the Culture podcast is brought to you by our friends at Canadips CBD. They are the nation's leader in tobacco and nicotine-free dip. It's the alternative with cannabis instead of nicotine and tobacco. It's a fast-acting and innovative way to consume CBD that works and tastes great. Plus, you won't have to play sneak at you with your wife during football season, which is right around the corner. And thanks to our friends at Canadip CBD, they present the game of the year. That's right, the game of the year. One winner will be chosen on August 31st. Entry is easy. You just head to Canadip's cbd.com that's c-a-n-n-a-d-i-p-s cbd.com and click the link or visit candidate's main instagram page and look for the blue check mark one winner will be chosen and can bring a plus one to any colts game this regular season that's right they are picking one winner on august 31st to bring a plus one to a colts game of your choosing this regular season, but wait, there's more. Airfare for two with luxury hotel and lodging will be included with great seats for the game. Guys, I don't know why you wouldn't head to CanadipsCBD.com. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Twitter. Canadips, that's C-A-N-N-A-D-I-P-S, CBD.com. It's like dip. You put a little bit behind your lip. No nicotine, no tobacco, no reason to not go check these guys out and enter to win a free ticket to any Colts regular season game of your choosing. You get to bring a friend, you could bring a girl, you could bring your buddy, you could bring whoever you want. The lodging, the airfare, it's luxurious, it's free. Go to CanadipsCBD.com. We thank our friends at Canadips CBD for sponsoring this episode of the For the Culture podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the 4th the Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. It's training camp, guys, which means it's another episode of Colts ER. It seems like every year we go into camp, we go into the preseason, we go into the first couple weeks of the season, and we just get decimated with injuries. This is a yearly reoccurrence for the Indianapolis Colts. And the quarterback injuries where it seems like minimal information negative minimal information slowly trickles out and we just never really get the full picture happen with Peyton Manning in the neck happen with Andrew Luck and the labrum happen with Andrew Luck and the calf and between Manning's neck and Andrew's calf we never saw either quarterback play another snap for the Indianapolis Colts obviously we've never seen Carson Wentz play a snap period for the Indianapolis Colts I do not think he's going to retire based off this but it's just this dark cloud of Colts quarterback injuries that hang over our head in the month of August and of course you go back to 98 we've had great fortune at the quarterback position from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck even last year with Phillip Rivers was a successful year with a 40 year old quarterback and now we make the move this offseason for Carson Wentz and it just sucks because I don't want to overreact obviously I'm making jokes here about the Manning injury the Luck injury and how those ended in Indianapolis and I don't expect the same to happen for Carson but with the 5 to 12 week timetable for Carson's return it's not a great spot to be in because you're already talking about a quarterback who has an injury history 
He's missed playoff games. He's missed chunks of seasons. He's a relatively young guy, but he's missed a lot of time in a short period of time in the National Football League. And you come off a year with a 40-year-old Phillip Rivers, 39 going on 40 in December of last season, and he was just so durable. Phillip Rivers became a starter in the National Football League in 2006. He never missed a start he went 240 for 240 he went 12 for 12 in the playoffs that's 252 starts for 252 starts from 2006 all the way up until 2020 or the 2021 postseason if you will last year with the Colts between the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers and the Colts that's about 15 16 years without missing a start so I don't want to take that for granted. I don't want to just look at what Phillip gave us last year and brush that off because that was impressive. You go and get a guy who's, what, 27 years old in Carson Wentz, and he's already dealing with an injury before we even get to week one of his first year with the Colts. So I just want to give a quick shout-out and to really appreciate what we had last year in Rivers, a guy coming in and not missing a game because it's not like he was – completely healthy either he was playing through a foot injury he was playing through I think turf toe he played through a torn ACL in a playoff game back in 2007 so they don't come much tougher than Phillip Rivers if tougher than Phillip Rivers at all so I just want to say that's what we had last year I don't want to take it for granted now you look at Carson the 5 to 12 week timetable he had a little bone removed in his foot. I am optimistic and I'm hearing good things. We have sources on the inside telling us that the Colts do feel good about that timetable in terms of the earlier portion. I don't, and I can't confirm if he'll be back week one, if he'll be back week two. I have no clue. All I know is it's a huge timetable, five to 12 weeks. You could be looking at missing a week you could be looking at maybe being ready for week one or you could be looking at week seven or week eight because the timetable from this point in the first week of august through 12 weeks is just such a long period of time of when you could see carson wentz on the field again so i can't say when i'm hearing he'll be back all i know is in that gigantic window that the Colts medical staff has given us or Wentz's doctors have given us, the Colts do feel good about the earlier half of that timetable. So I feel good about that. I think everybody should feel good about that. But he just had the surgery this week. So there could be setbacks. There could be this. There could be that. We don't know when Carson will be back on the field. All we know is the early feels the Colts have based on this huge window are positive. And then Quentin Nelson, just to slip Quitting in here too real quick. Nelson had the exact same surgery, another little bone removed in his foot. And Nelson, same thing, 5 to 12 weeks. I feel like Nelson's timetable should be a lot shorter than Carson's. Just going based off the player, you have a guy who hasn't missed a game in his three-year NFL career, so you're talking about a more durable guy. No disrespect to Wentz, but a tougher guy in Quentin Nelson. Obviously, an offensive lineman is going to be tougher most of the time than a quarterback. You have your rare Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning guys who have had ridiculous Ironman streaks in the NFL. But for the most part, Offensive lineman, especially a guy like Quentin Nelson, a three-time first-team All-Pro, is going to be tougher than the quarterback. And in Wentz's case, he's missed a lot of time. And in Quentin Nelson's case, he hasn't missed any time in his NFL career. So Nelson had the same surgery he had yesterday at 4 o'clock. And he put last night late, I think like 1 o'clock in the morning, he put on Instagram. And I quote, 
third surgery of the offseason in the books. No time for pity. F that. Truth is, I'm thankful. Thankful for the early part of the timetable that says five weeks. That gives me five weeks to do everything I physically and mentally can do to prepare for week one to go smash these goals. So, Quinn Nelson is looking at the five to 12 weeks and he said, screw week six through 12. I'm going to do everything in my power over the next four weeks to be ready in five weeks to be ready for week one against the Seahawks. And then week two, we have that matchup between Quinn Nelson and Aaron Donald. You might be looking at the best three tech, the best defensive tackle in the National Football League against the best guard in the National Football League. And I think Quinn has a lot of reps in practice against the second best three tech and the second best defensive tackle in the National Football League who is DeForest Buckner. So that'll be a great matchup. It'll be the first time they ever see each other being Quentin Nelson's fourth year in the league. He will now see every team he's never seen for the first time in the NFC. He should have seen, I think at this point, everybody in the AFC. So he'll get that first crack at the NFC West. And that's obviously a matchup we'll all have circled. Even if you're not a Colt fan, you're not a Rams fan. Quentin Nelson, Aaron Donald, hopefully Nelson's ready to rock and he's healthy for that matchup. But if you're a football fan, if you're an NFL fan, if you're a Notre Dame fan, if you're just a fan of great athletes, you're going to want to tune into that game to watch that matchup because that's like Ali Frazier. Those are two iconic at this point players that are the best at what they do going head to head mano a mano. So that'll be a fun one. But I love what Quentin said. He hasn't been named captain yet through the first three years of his NFL career. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro. He has a chance to be the first-ever four-time first-team All-Pro through four years. I think I don't think it's ever been done. I think the only other guy with three in three is Barry Sanders, and then he wasn't a first-team All-Pro his fourth year. So Quentin Nelson could be the first player in NFL history to go four for four his first four years in the league. And in my opinion, he should be named captain this year. There's not a doubt in my mind because that is leadership right there. What he put on Instagram yesterday is leadership. Third surgery of the offseason, no pity, F that. Five to 12 weeks, I'm going to do everything I can to be back in five. So I love Quentin Nelson. There's nothing to dislike about Quentin Nelson. Not only is he incredible on the field and a great player, but the durability, the accountability, the fact that he wants to be out there, just all those things that go into Quentin Nelson, making him the player and the teammate and the leader he is. So I hope that Nelson gets named captain this offseason. But back to Carson Wentz, obviously. And we added to the offensive line depth this offseason. So if, God forbid, Quentin misses a game, I think we'll be all right. You don't want him to miss too much time because he's such an amazing player. You don't want him to miss any time because he's such an amazing player and he makes this offense and this team that much better. But as far as the quarterback position goes, you never want to lose your starting quarterback. You don't want to lose any starters. You really don't want to lose your starting quarterback. But as I look at this roster, last year we drafted in the fourth round Jacob Eason. He never gets cut. He's on the 53-man. He's learning behind Phillip Rivers. He's learning behind Jacoby Brissett. We let Jacoby walk this offseason. We draft Sam Ellinger in the sixth round. So we have a couple of mid-to-late-round draft picks now invested in the quarterback room in the depth between Eason and Ellinger. 
Those are the guys I want to battle. I want to see the better of those two quarterbacks out there week one and definitely out there in the preseason getting the first team reps if Carson's not able to go. Now, we definitely don't expect to see Carson at any point during the preseason, so I want to see that be the best of the two young rookie, if you want to call them rookies, even though Eason's kind of going into his second-year quarterbacks. I want to see the best of those two. So right now, I would assume... That is Eason. He has the stronger arm. He's been here for a year. He was the fourth round pick, not the sixth round pick. So there's a lot of things that go into Eason. He was a five-star coming out of high school. Then, of course, had the injury at Georgia, transferred to Washington. So I want to see Eason. And we've talked about it for about 16 months now, how excited we are to see Eason. And we've talked about him. And we've talked about the arm. And Ballard said that coaches from other teams would come up to him and come up to Frank and ask, who is that guy? And they would be like, well, that's our... Young quarterback Jacob Eason, and he has a lot of arm talent, and he's got the size. He's prototypically built. He's built like Justin Herbert, but can he put it together about 50-60% as well as Herbert did? That'll be the question as we watch all preseason. So Eason's a guy we wanted to see regardless. I wanted to see Jacob Eason. I wanted to see what he had, what he was going to look like on the NFL field because we've talked a lot about him for the last 16 months. And now it just takes it to another level because now you're not going to have Carson for the preseason and you might not have him for the first week. You might not have him for the first month. It makes Eason and Ellinger and all these guys, their development and the rush on their development that much more important, that much more of an emphasis now as we look at this quarterback room and these young quarterbacks. And I just think it's funny because when you look at these two guys, let's say Eason has to play the first four weeks of the season. And you think about Frank Reich and his number one elite trait or his two top elite traits. It would be quarterback development and game planning to the strength of his quarterback. Because as you guys know, and as we go through the season, Reich's going to do things in the fourth quarter. He's going to do things on fourth down. He's going to make decisions that I don't necessarily agree with in the moment. They might backfire, and then I'll even more so disagree with them post-game on the post-game recap. Or poor clock management. There's a lot of things, maybe holding young players more accountable than older players and giving Adam Vinatieri a thousand free passes and giving Jacoby a thousand free passes. So there's a lot of things that I don't necessarily love about Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach. I think he's in the top half of the National Football League, made the playoffs two times in three years with three different quarterbacks. So there's a lot of Frank Reich I really, really like. And there's a couple things I absolutely love, which is quarterback development and game planning to the strength of his quarterback. So I find it funny that I see so many Colt fans throwing in the towel. First off, like, like Wentz is going to miss the entire season. If Wentz were to miss the whole season, I would view it a little bit more like 2019 with Jacoby. And I'd be like, okay, this is going to be a learning year. It's going to be tough for Eason or Ellinger or both or whoever the quarterback is, Hunley, to win 11 games to beat the Titans, to make the playoffs. I would totally agree with that logic. Now, if Wentz misses four weeks, could we go three and one or two and two and stay afloat? If he misses five weeks, could we go four and one or three and two or even two and three and stay afloat for Wentz to come back and for this team to make a push and make the playoffs? Absolutely. So I just, 
I was laughing this week as I read a lot of guys on Twitter who like Reich and love Reich way more than I do. Guys who think Reich's a top five coach in the NFL that are almost throwing in the towel on this season because Wentz isn't going to be ready for the first couple weeks or might not be ready for the first couple weeks with that five to 12 week timetable. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, these people, fans, media, whoever it might be, they like Reich so much more than I do. Yet, when it comes to Reich's greatest ability, his elite trait as a head coach, now all of a sudden they're giving up before the season even starts? Like, these are the people who are defending Reich on fourth down. These are the people who are defending him, defending Jacoby and Adam Venetari. These are the people who defend the bad clock management and all the problems I'll have throughout the year. Although I might be nitpicking at times, the problems I have with Frank Reich. These are now the people who are going to throw in the towel because Jacob Eason might have to start three or four weeks. While I, the guy who criticizes Frank Reich, I think I'm fair most of the time, but I'm the one who's criticizing him throughout the course of the year when nobody else says a bad word about him. But I'm the one who says I have faith because although I might not think that Frank Reich is a top three coach or five coach in the NFL, he might be the best coach when it comes to quarterback development and game planning to the strength of his quarterback. Wentz's strength is different than Luck's strength, which is different than Jacoby's strength, which is different than River's strength, which is different than Eason's strength or Ellinger's strength. Every quarterback has their own strength. You look at Jacoby and Jacoby's ability on fourth and inches. He didn't have a lot of strength, but on fourth and inches, his ability to barrel forward for that first down. You're not going to do that with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers to read a defense quick and get the ball off and change things at the line. You might not let Jacob Eason changed things at the line the first week of his rookie year the way you did last year with Phillip Rivers and Wentz. You could roll him out and you could do some RPO stuff and you could do different things with Wentz that you wouldn't be able to do with Phillip Rivers. And then Luck, kind of the perfect guy who could do a little bit of everything. But when you look at Reich and what he's done, three years in Indianapolis, three different starting quarterbacks, and three quarterbacks that all had big projects going into the season 2018 with Andrew Luck coming off a torn labrum he went 10 and 6 made the playoffs with Andrew Luck who was rehabbing in the beginning of the year getting back to full strength so you had Andrew Luck who's a great quarterback an elite quarterback but you had Andrew Luck coming off a torn labrum and you're able to make the playoffs with him the next year obviously he didn't finish the way we would have liked to and you did have Jacoby get hurt and you had Brian Hoyer for a couple of games but we started that season 5-2. and two. And remember that. We started the season 5-2 and two with a backup quarterback. Put a pin in that because that's very important with Jacoby. And not only did he start the season 5-2 and two with Jacoby Brissett before Jacoby digressed a little bit and the league figured him out and people were able to stop him and stop up as an offense. Not that he was ever unstoppable in the beginning of the year, but they were able to do a little bit more to contain our offense and it became a game where we really needed to basically hold teams to 10 points to find ways to win games. But you start the season 5-2 and two with Jacoby in 2019, and then last year you have a 40-year-old Phillip Rivers. Yes, I believe he's a future Hall of Famer. Yes, he's a great quarterback. Yes, he's an extremely intelligent quarterback, but he's not mobile at all, especially as a 40-year-old man. He wasn't even athletic and agile when he was 25, let alone 40 last season, but he was also coming off the worst season of his career 
in 2019 in Los Angeles with the Chargers. So Reich brought in a 40-year-old man and got him to play good football like it was 2000 and I would say maybe 16, 17 again at times. At times it looked like it was 2013 again for Phillip Rivers. He really turned back the clock on him. So in three years, you have Andrew Luck, Torn Labrum. You get to the playoffs. The next year you have Jacoby Brissett on three weeks notice with Andrew Luck retiring in the preseason. You start the year 5-2 and two with a bad quarterback, a backup quarterback. And then last year, you take a 40-year-old Phillip Rivers who's coming off the worst year of his career. Everybody thinks he's washed. Everybody thinks he sucks. And you take that guy, and again, you make the playoffs two times in three years. So that's what Frank Reich is best at. That's his bread and butter. Those are his two elite traits. Frank Reich is not a great coach because of how he manages the clock in the fourth quarter. He's not a great coach because of the analytics or any of the things that I might complain about during the year. He's a great coach because he could game plan and he could develop quarterbacks. You have a quarterback here in Jacob Eason who I believe to start the season, we don't need 17 weeks. We're going to need somewhere from one to seven weeks. And I tend to believe it's going to be in the first four weeks. I think we're going to need somewhere from two to four weeks from Jacob Eason. Why can't we go two and two or three and one in those four weeks? Because you think back to 2019 with Jacoby Brissett. The season didn't end the way we wanted it to. We finished 7-9, and nine, but we started the year 5-2 and two with what? A backup quarterback. Who knows what the future holds for Jacob Eason? Maybe he turns into a starter. Maybe he's the future franchise quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe we win multiple Super Bowls with Jacob Eason. But right now, I would consider Jacob Eason a backup quarterback that we drafted in the fourth round. The goal... And the job description, in my opinion, for a backup quarterback is to take a team for two to four weeks and to be able to hold serve. If you have a good team with a good defense and a good offensive line and a good coach and good playmakers and a good run game, can you stay afloat? Can you beat the mediocre teams? Can you crush the bad teams? Can you compete with the good teams? And can you stay respectable with the great teams? In the first four weeks, can we go two and two? Can we go three and one? And I think we can. I think we could stay competitive the first few weeks of the season if Wentz misses three to four weeks, let's say. If Wentz misses six weeks, it might get tougher. But I go back to 2019. We start the season 5-2. and two. Andrew Luck retired. So week 8, week 9, week 10, week 11, it gets worse and worse and worse as they beat down on our backup quarterback because backup quarterbacks are not designed to play 16, or in this case, now with the new game added, 17 games a year. That's why they're backups. If they were able to play 17 games, they wouldn't be backups. They would be starters, but they're backups. Jacoby's a backup. Eason's a backup. And backup quarterbacks are not built. They're not designed to win you 10, 11, 12 games. Otherwise, they would be starters. So if you let Jacoby walk to keep Eason, it tells me that you view Eason on an equal to or greater than plane then Jacoby, you view him as a capable backup who could win games. Not for a full season, but for a month. And if you could do it with Jacoby on short notice, you only had three weeks. You have more notice here. You have about five weeks notice that Eason might have to start week one or the first couple weeks of the season. And in 2019, if Luck doesn't retire with the calf and just goes on the pup and comes back week eight, and he comes back to a five and two team, 
We make the playoffs in 2019. We make the playoffs if Andrew Luck comes back at any point at five and two or five and three, even five and four, even five and five. If he were to come back at five and five, we could make a run and finish ten and six. It'd be tough, but it would have been possible for him to do that, especially at five and four, five and three, and definitely at five and two. We're one hundred percent a playoff team if Luck comes back after that five and two start. So Jacoby really in 2019, he did his job as the backup quarterback. The problem was he became the full-time quarterback. When you go from seven games to 16 games, minus a couple games for the injury, then it's like, okay, now it's tough. And I still believe we beat Miami if he plays in that game. We still probably lose the Steeler game. It was a winnable game, but we probably lose that game. So I think we're about eight and eight with Jacoby, which is good for a backup. And I always said Jacoby's a good backup. He was somewhere from the 33rd to the 36th best quarterback in the league, which is not bad for a backup quarterback. That's where you want your backup quarterback to be because you want to be able to win games. You don't want a Brian Hoyer who comes in and stinks it up against, I think, a 1-7 or a 1-8 Miami Dolphins team at the time in your own building. That's not what you want. And you go from 2019 to today, the defense is better. The offensive line minus Fisher waiting for him to come back as Anthony Costanza's replacement. The other four guys are the same. So the offensive line's a little bit worse until we get healthy there with Fisher. I think the receivers are better. I think the running backs are better. I think the defense top to bottom is better. The pass rushers are better. The corners are better. The linebackers are better. I think Reich should be a better head coach now because instead of year two, he's going into year four. Special teams is better. The kicker's better because Venetari was terrible in 2019. So... I'm optimistic about the start of this season. I'm not going to let the Carson Wentz injury and the wide timetable and window of his return to get me down. If we start the season 0-3 and they're starting to say, okay, it's going to be another seven to eight weeks for Carson to return, then yeah, it's a different story. But right now, to see people who like Frank Reich so much more than I do get so damn negative about the quarterback situation. I mean, it sucks. You don't want to see your quarterback injured before the season starts. You never want to see that, especially an injury-prone guy. It's a little bit different with Quentin Nelson. I have so much faith that he's going to fight through this. He'll probably be back week one, in my opinion. And then he's been so durable, you just don't expect a guy like that to get hurt. Knock on wood, of course. You just don't expect a guy like that to go down because up until this point, he hasn't. And then with Wentz, it's a little bit different of a situation. And one more thing I'll say about Reich and a couple of the projects he's had. You have Luck coming off the labrum. You have Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback, who's just not good to begin with. And you go 5-2 and two with him on short notice. Then you have a 40-year-old Philip Rivers coming off the worst year of his career and then making the playoffs with him as a 40-year-old man. You could even take it one year back behind luck to 2017 when who was his quarterback? Carson Wentz. What happened to Carson Wentz? He got hurt. Who stepped in? Nick Foles. Career backup. What does Frank Reich do? He wins a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator with Nick Foles as his starting quarterback in the playoffs and beats a Bill Belichick defense in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a mic drop. That is what Frank Reich's best at. He's best at getting the most out of his quarterback. And you heard Nick Foles this week. He said, he basically said, Frank Reich built an offense around me and you guys saw how good I was. Nobody else has given me that opportunity, which isn't really like, I don't really care about Nick Foles. I don't want to trade for Nick Foles. I want to see Ellinger. I want to see Eason. I want those two guys to battle it out. Somebody said, why wouldn't you give up a sixth round pick? 
for Nick Foles. And I said, because a sixth round pick for Nick Foles is essentially a fourth and two sixth for Nick Foles, because we have a fourth invested right now in Eason. We have a sixth invested in Ellinger. And what's the point of drafting Jacob Eason and then letting Jacoby walk and making Eason your backup. If you scramble and go and run and find a backup quarterback to plug and play. I mean, the whole point of Jacob Eason and drafting him and developing him, I thought was for him to be the backup quarterback. So I don't want Foles, but I just thought that that line is very applicable to what is going on right now. Full said, Reich built an offense around me. The offense around Luck is different than the offense around Jacoby, which was different than the offense around Rivers, which was different than the offense that we were going to put around Wentz, which will be different than the offense the first month of the season or however long Eason is the starting quarterback that we put around Eason. That is what Frank Reich does. He's a quarterback genius. He knows how to develop them. He knows how to build around them and he knows how to put his quarterbacks in the best possible position to succeed. So the fact that there's people out there questioning Frank Reich who like Reich way more than I do, your logic doesn't make sense. How in the world could you love Frank Reich and be so blinded to the quality that makes him a good coach in the National Football League. He is elite in these two areas. The two areas we need him most with the Carson Wentz situation, with the Jacob Eason situation, that's right down his alley. So I'm pumped up about it. Yes, it sucks that every year we go into training camp. It's an episode of ER. We have all these injuries. It sucks, it sucks, it sucks. But the one spot where Frank Reich could clean up a lot of the issues with an injury really is the most important position on the field, which is the quarterback position, which makes Reich a really good coach, in my opinion, or a top half of the league, like a top 15 coach, maybe top 10 coach in that ballpark because he has the ability to minimize the issues a backup quarterback presents. He can minimize the mistakes. He can make their job as easy as possible because backup quarterback is one of the greatest jobs in the world. You hold the clipboard, you make a lot of money, you don't have to get hit, you don't have to get beat up, but when you get your number called, it's one of the most difficult jobs in the NFL because you don't see a lot of backup quarterbacks step in and do much in the NFL. There's a lot of starting quarterbacks that aren't that good, let alone backups coming in and winning games in the National Football League. So, guys, I'm pumped up. We have preseason football right around the corner. I'm excited to watch Jacob Eason. I'm excited to watch Sam Ellinger. I want to see these guys compete. I want the best quarterback who gives us the best shot to win week one to be the week one quarterback unless godspeed Carson Wentz makes an immaculate recovery in the first four or five weeks of this five to 12 week timetable of course I would like to see that but if we don't let the best man win this quarterback competition I think it's going to be Jacob Eason and I'm really pumped to see him with the first teamers out there in the first week of the preseason Jason and I will be back at some point this week we're going to try to crank up the content now as we get into the preseason and we go through training camp we go through the month of August getting closer and closer to week one I am your host Luke Diamond and this is the For the Culture Podcast <laughs>